You know, Labor Day is kind of a forgotten holiday, isn't it? You know, it's a holiday that we don't really think a whole lot about. You know, we, and what we do think about Labor Day, we think about the fact that, well, it's the kickoff to college football and pro football season. It's, it's, uh, it's the last day to, I almost wore my seersucker suit this morning because, you know, you can't wear white after Labor Day. So I almost wore my suit this morning. Um, it's, you know, we think of it, it, it's kind of the last getaway before we really hit the grind of school. Uh, today, tomorrow, to, to grill out with, and things like that. So we don't, but we don't really think a lot about, about what the day means or what it's about. We don't really think a lot about the notion of work. I always, on Labor Day, I always think about my daddy. Uh, I, I tell people there were really two weekends a year three max, growing up, that I knew we'd skip church. We'd always skip church sometime during the late summer and go down to New Orleans to see my, my Aunt Margaret lived in Gretna. We'd always go down and kind of, we'd do our back-to-school shopping then. We'd always do that. So I always think about we'd, we'd, we'd skip, and I always liked it because as a kid, because you know, we'd come up 55 South, 55 North from New Orleans, we'd stop in Macomb and get chicken, and everybody liked fried chicken. So, you know, I always think about that. And then the other trip, we'd skip church would be um, Labor Day weekend. We'd go up to Aberdeen. We'd see my daddy's family because we always had the big Stoddard family reunion. Every, every Labor Day weekend in Aberdeen, all the Stoddards from all over would come and we'd have a good time together and enjoy that. So, that always, so Labor Day always makes me think of my daddy because it was that time, you know, I, we grew up with my mama's family. So Labor Day was always the weekend we got to spend with my daddy's family. So I just always, Labor Day always makes me think about that. But not just for all that, because I just think of the lessons I learned from my daddy. I learned from my dad about hard work. I learned about compassion. I learned about trying to do something better for your children so they can have a better life than you. See, my daddy was a truck driver. Uh, that's what daddy did. Uh, daddy was 38 years old when he and mama adopted me. And I always, I always think about the fact that in my mind's eye, this, this hit me a couple years ago, in my mind's eye, my daddy was always old. Like, oh, my daddy's always been old. I realized, whoa, I'm older than my daddy when they adopted me. I've gotten old. So you know, that, that, that reality hit me recently. You know? So my daddy was a young man at that point. He was a very young man, very young when they adopted me, very childlike almost. But he was a truck driver. And when, before they adopted me, he was, he, was long, he was a long-haul driver. He was one of those guys that would drive up and down the eastern seaboard. Or he would, he, he would drive across the country. He hauled everything, cars, gasoline, you name it, he hauled it. And that's what he did. When they adopted me, though, he wanted to be closer to home so he could spend time with me. So he kind of transitioned from that to uh, doing more short haul. He hauled from Macomb to Birmingham several times a day. Then he got on with uh, Sanderson Farms. So you know the man that would haul the chickens from the, from the plane? You'd, you'd pass by the chicken truck and all the chickens would look so sad because they knew what was coming. My dad was the man hauling the chickens to their death. That's what, uh, he was the, the executioner, I guess you should say, is what he did. Not literally, I guess, but, um, but he got them there. So. Um, but he, he did that, and so he, he, he did that forever. He worked forever until a few years back. He said, I'm done. He was in the 70s and said, I'm, I'm done. I, I'm done working. So that was... I watched him my whole life. I remember when I was a young boy during the summers 
he would always let me go with him somewhere. He'd always let me ride with him somewhere. So I remember going from Fernwood, Mississippi to Birmingham on a route. And he'd make that route a couple times. And I just remember how cool I thought it was to be riding the big, the big 18-wheeler with my daddy. I remember, if you've never been in an 18-wheeler, the best sleep you'll ever have in your entire life is to sleep in the back of a sleeper of a big rig when it's rolling down the road. You will never sleep better than that in all your life. That's what my dad did. He wasn't particularly educated, had a high school degree. He left home, moved to New Orleans, and drove a trolley, drove a bus until he started hauling. And I've learned so much from him. So much from his example. And so much about the goodness and the dignity of work. When we, you know, it's it's interesting when you look at Scripture. Sometimes if we're not careful, we'll make work a consequence of the fall. Because we see in Genesis 3, we see the fall. And we see after Adam and Eve fell... God told Adam, by the sweat of your brow you will work, and it will put forth thorns and thistles. And so we see, aha, look, see, after the fall, you know, they worked and became hard. And so this work is a consequence of the fall. But back up to Genesis 1 and 2 in the creation account. When God made Adam and Eve, you know what he did for Adam? First off the bat, put him to work in the garden. Work is a good thing. We were made to work. We were made to be. See, because there's something productive about it. There's, there's something about, there's something empowering about that. There's something that gives you the notion of dignity and effort to know that you have, you have created something. You have done something. God is a creator. God created everything. God makes us in his image, which means we have within us the character of God. So part of what we do is that we are creative. I, see, I love mission trips. I like going on trips because I'm a preacher. I'm not used to feeling useful, you know. I don't really do anything. I'm a preacher, you know. So I like going somewhere and doing something. I feel like, oh, look, I've mess, made a mess. I've, I've taken a crowbar and I've torn up a wall. Yay me, you know. Makes me feel productive. We as humans, we have within us this innate desire to be productive, to contribute, to be some part of something bigger than ourselves. That's part of what work does, is work makes you part of something bigger than yourself. It makes you part of a team. It makes you part of an accomplishment. It gives you that sense of dignity and pride. So why are we talking about this? Well, Partly because it's Labor Day, but partly because look at the text. What is God doing in the text that we read this morning? He's at work. Notice where he calls Jeremiah to go to, to the potter's house. Back then, folks didn't, didn't commute to work. There were no interstate. Well, I was going to say there, are, there were no interstate systems in Galilee, but that's not actually right. There actually kind of were. But he he sent him to a common place of work, to the potter's house, where the potter was throwing pottery. He was at work. And God said, watch this. Watch this person at work, and I will reveal myself to you through his labors. So he he sends him to a man at work. 
And what then does Jeremiah learn? Jeremiah has God say, I will shape you into what I want you to be. I will, I will use you. And, 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 and if you have, if I've intended evil for you, if you are being punished, but yet you relent from your sins and turn away from the wickedness and do right, I will bless you. Likewise, if things are going well and you start doing dumb things, you're going to get punished because I am at work. And that's one of the things, y'all, we do not serve. There was an early, there was not an early, but an enlightenment notion of deism. God sits back and watches the world. That's not what we believe. We believe that God is at work. So when we see this text, there's a couple things we can notice in this text about how God works. One is this, God has a plan. God has a plan in all things. And so there, there's not a moment of your life, there's not a part of your story, there's not a thing that you've encountered that God cannot and will not use for good. The, the, the vessel that was broken that was a vessel in this story that God was going to use to do great things with, that God was going to use for something big. God takes the brokenness of our life, takes the mistakes, takes the, the, the cracks and the bends and the breaks and all these things, and God uses them to paint a beautiful picture of what he wants to do. I remember when I was in the Delta, one of the, um, one of the first purchases I made when I entered ministry was I bought my first uh, uh, plate and chalice for communion, uh, you know, to serve communion in these churches. And I was so proud of it. I was so proud of my first preacher purchase. I couldn't believe it. And uh, those churches were, I had three of them, they were, and they were real close together. They met at eight, at one, one, I preached once at 845, once at 10, and once at 11. So I, I'd preach, shake a few hands, and get in the car and drive to my next service. And I did that for five years. And, and, and sometimes if I left service one a little late, to get to service two, I would drive down the road in my robe, you know. So I, I always think I never got pulled over because I had an interesting conversation with the police. Um, why are you robed up, sir? Well, I'm on the way to church. Come join me. Don't give me a ticket, you know. So, um, but I remember getting out of the church, getting out of the, out of the car at my second church at Lynn. And I was so excited. I was going to use my communion plate, my chalice the first time. I was so excited. I got out of the car, and I dropped them. And they were, they were pottery. And, uh, and, 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 and the cup had got a huge crack in it. And I was so upset. Like, that gummit, you know, I just bought this new, I just bought this new chalice and plate that I was going to use in ministry. I just bought this, and I was so excited to get to use it. And now it's broken. Now it's torn up. Now it's cracked. Now it's no good. Because that's how we see things, don't we? Well, there's a crack there in my life, so I'm no good. Or there's a crack there in their life, so they're no good. But see, that's not the way God looks at things. We see in the story that God takes the broken vessel and does something with it. And in that moment, when I'm sitting there with my broken chalice and my broken plate, the Lord said to me, Andy, yes, these are broken vessels that I'm going to use to give grace to the people. Just like you are a broken vessel that I will use to give grace to people. Yes, you are imperfect. There are many mistakes in your past that you have made. There's stuff that you're not doing right, stuff that you haven't done right, stuff that you're not going to do right. You're a broken vessel that God 
desires to use for something great if you'll let him. The cracks in your life, they're not hindrances. The cracks in your life, they aren't even weaknesses. They are tools of redemption that God is going to use to allow grace to flow into many, many lives. God has a plan. Even in the brokenness of our life, God has a plan. Even when the things don't make sense, God has a plan. God is at work in all things. Never forget that. So we see that about work from this text. We see this, though, as well. It's that God desires to use us. We see that God takes the potter, the human efforts, and uses them. He takes him to the potter's home. Where the, you know, pottery is a messy business. I, I'd be a terrible potter. I don't have the patience for it. It's messy. I just, I just, I just, I'd be awful at it. But the potter, he, he worked with the, with the mess. He got his hands dirty. He, 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 he would shape and build and mold and put it up. And, and it, was, it was not a clean job. It was one that you're going to get pottery. You're going to get clay under your fingernails. It's going to be annoying at times. You're going to get sick of smelling it. You know, it's not going to be always fun. But God used this potter in this story here to be an illustration for what God wanted to do. God wants to use you. God God is at work in you. God wants to redeem you. God wants to, to, to use the brokenness of your life and the brokenness of your story for him. But God wants to use you as a means by which others can know about him. Like our opening song, God wants to use you. God wants to use me in some way for something great, something glorious, something divine. See, that's the way that God works. Of all the of all the things that God could have chosen to have used in creation, God chooses to use us. Uh, Max Lucado tells a great story that his favorite miracle in all the Bible is one of the miracles when Jesus heals a man by spitting in the dirt and mixing it together, making mud and putting it on the guy's eye. And Max Lucado says, if Jesus can use spit and dirt, he can use me too. I like that. I like that. That God doesn't just use the grand and the, and the glorious. God doesn't just use kings and leaders. God uses potters. He uses truck drivers. He uses shepherds. He uses ordinary men and women like me and you. See, see, the thing with God is, is this. I heard say this, say this one time, that the reason why God chose the people of Israel in the Old Testament is because he couldn't find a more scrawny nation than them. So that when they did something victorious, everybody had to say, well, that's just because of God. Look at Gideon. Gideon had too many people show up to fight. Whoever went to a fight with too many people, Gideon was going to. And the Lord said, no, nah, it's too many of them. Let's sort them out. Let, 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 let's take your army down a little bit smaller. 
Why, Lord? Why, why are you running folks off? I need more, not less. So that when the victory comes, there'll be no doubt it was the Lord's doing. God wants to use you. God desires to use you. And here's the thing. Unless you're being used by the Lord, it's not going to make sense. Because we're all searching for purpose, aren't we? We're all searching to be part of something. We're all searching for a reason. We're all searching for a goal. We're all searching for that. We're like a key looking for a lock sometimes, aren't we? And you put the key in the wrong lock and it doesn't work. How many of you have said, remember, remember back in the old days when you had to put your key in your car to open the door? Back in the dark ages? I used to joke my car was scratched up because I'd have so many keys on my door. I'd, I'd just, you know, jab at it sometimes in the dark trying to find it and miss and get irritated. Sometimes in our life we're like that key trying to get into the lock. And nothing fits. And nothing clicks. And nothing works right. Because we're, we're going to the wrong locks. We're going to the locks of success or power or fame or glory or money or prestige or whatever. And we find it doesn't work. We're that pottery that's not being used right. Well, God has a divine purpose in you and a divine purpose in your creation that will only be fulfilled and only be fit when you're being used by the master. This morning, friends, God is at work. God is at work in your life. He's at work in the life of our church. He's at work in his world. And he has created you, broken vessels and all, for something glorious. Something glorious for his purpose. That's what you're made for. Today, May we find our place in God's grace. May we find our place in his purpose. And may we find our place in his life. For when we do that, the key fits. The vessel's being used. and We find our place. God is at work. May we allow him to work in us and through us. Let us pray.